When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, y'all. This is Marcus King, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Once again, this is Martin Popoff for History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcasts. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, ever-growing, available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Um... This episode, episode 83, we're going to be calling New Way to Rank Zepp. Um, always have to keep these titles short, but you all know who Zepp is. But uh, first thing I wanted to do, though, is um, I wanted to um, read a few comments on the last episode, which was about Queen and novelty. And I thought, you know, the good listeners of uh, of uh, my show uh, are always very, very smart and have good things to say that I wish I would have said in the episode. But uh yeah, I just wanted to quickly go through this because some good points were uh, were brought up, but I'll, I'll read a little everything here. First comment in was uh, Jeremy French, a uh, great supporter of the show, said, have to wait to listen to this until I have my daughter in the car. She's a super queen fan. Love that. Also, uh, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, Christopher David Irwin, my buddy Chris Irwin, says, August 3rd, 1982, when Queen played Toronto for the last time with Freddie. What an amazing showman. Yeah, that that's the funny thing. Queen... Queen basically bowed out of playing uh, live in North America a long, long time ago, right? Long before Freddie got sick. Um, okay, so uh, Jonathan Jordan says, Good call, nice episode. Got me thinking uh, that the follow-up to Bohemian Rhapsody, which had been number one in the UK forever, was My Best Friend, a very simple song. However, the well-publicized novelty was Freddie... Uh, very uh, regally claiming he wouldn't uh, play the vulgar electric piano and John would have to play the bloody thing. Like that. Um Let's see. Uh, Moral. Uh, yeah. So then he writes back. He says, Moral, even when there wasn't really a novelty, Queen could find one. Very cool point. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, Carlos Abad says, Great episode. Queen is always will be a very unique band. Bring back that Leroy Brown would be another example of novelty. Absolutely true. Wasn't a huge hit, but uh, it again fits that idea of the 20s dance hall music we talked about. Um, Tim's Vinyl Confession, Tim Derling, good support of the show, says uh, he's got his own show too. I went on it and we talked about eight tracks. Uh, he, uh, he says, Mustafa. Uh, the Fairy Feller's Master Stroke, Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon, The Invisible Man, So Many. 
absolutely true, Tim. Um, lots and lots of ways uh, Queen addressed novelty, even if they weren't some of their biggest hits. Uh, then he writes in again and says, really enjoyed this episode, Martin. There are so many ways to approach Queen for this subject. Wisely, you took the note uh, route of playing five of their biggest hits to illustrate the point. You could have conceivably taken any one of their albums and probably made an episode out of it. 70s albums anyway. Sadly, by the end of the 80s, the heavy songs became the novelties on the album. This is actually a really cool point he makes because essentially what happens uh, is that uh, by the 80s, anytime Brian would pick up the guitar and give us that glorious tone out of the uh, the old Red Special there, um, that's when it was novelty. So those songs became novelty um, with uh, with the likes of Hammer to Fall and uh, um, Headlong, remember, uh, you know, which which aren't really novelty in, in their own sense. But but because of that, uh, let's see what else he says here. Another point I'd like to add is by indulging in these novelty sounds, each one of these songs could very well be the only Queen song that certain people like. Good point. In other words, liking any of these songs does not make one a Queen fan. I myself would like to see more of these single band novelty episodes sprinkled in the mix. ACDC, Van Halen, Aerosmith, ZZ Top, Cheap Trick, Alice Cooper. And, you know, some of those will have some novelty to them and some of them won't. Uh, some of them will have a lot. And as I said uh, in my comment to him, or or I think later in this, I said, look, if, if a band does a bit of novelty, but it's not a lot, I don't want to cheapen the band's experience and what they're giving us by saying um they 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 really rely on novelty um so sometimes it's maybe a little bit by accident or like hey let's do this but they aren't really that much into novelty because novelty has these negative connotations right um let's see what else we got uh Steve Bellow says, it's a great episode. Got me thinking if you would kind of agree that Metallica had novelty songs such as Escape, where they admitted years later that they wanted a radio hit. And that's where I answered him and said, you know, Whiskey in the Jar uh, is probably about as close as they get to novelty. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, another novelty to another one bites the dust is used of use of synthesizers. Is Pat Connor saying this? They had probably issued since, and on this they pulled out a lot of synth effects. So there you go. So yeah, great comments. Um, so uh, lots more to think about with Queen. But we are here to talk about Led Zeppelin. And um, the reason I wanted to do this episode is I've I've done a lot of uh, I've gone on other people's shows, and we had our own episode of our our YouTube show called The Contrarians, where we picked the worst Led Zeppelin album. We picked Presents. Um, but I've ranked Led Zeppelin uh, albums, and we've you know talked with Pete about the the um, the Robert Plant catalog. And anytime Led Zeppelin or Robert Plant comes up, um, let's let's keep this to Led Zeppelin. Um, they're very very touchy fans. The Zeppelin fans are really touchy, and this is another episode you could have because I've noticed this with Van Halen fans, and I've noticed this somewhat with Kiss fans too. And I have this theory that that. The touchiest fan groups uh, are for bands where there is a lot of drama, where there's a, where you know there's some bad vibes in the band, and it's almost like that those band vibes um, cross over into uh, cross over into uh, the fans, you know, arguing, arguing, bickering, picking sides, kind of thing. Um, Zeppelin's a little bit of a different case. Um, I mean, we know there are some bad vibes between Jimmy and Robert and stuff, but their bad vibes are more that uh, it's almost like they're just so colossal a band that there's always this talk about uh, are they overrated? You know, they 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 literally suck up all the oxygen in the room to some extent, right? Um, 
But no, I have noticed that if you go and rank Zeppelin albums, you get all sorts of complaints and people, you know, throwing their favorites out. And then, and then with Zeppelin, there's a lot of this, everyone is perfect. You know, they did, they never did anything wrong sort of thing. So a lot of weird things happen with, with Zeppelin fans in this. Now, now when you rank Led Zeppelin albums as well, um, the other debate that comes in almost immediately is this whole idea of how much is, uh, you know, if, if like, I, you know, Pete and I went on guitar hack with, uh, with Walter, it was awesome, man. We had a great time, but there was this, this ongoing debate through all our rankings. Uh, how much do you factor in? I'm sick of that. And I never need to hear it anymore. Uh, you shouldn't possibly, right? That's one thing. Um, I, I kind of took a medium approach and I, I, I kind of went here and there with that. Uh, and then, and then, um, because a lot of people say, if you're purely going to rank these things, you got to rank them, um, leaving that out, which means you are now, what you're doing now is, is you're trying to rank the best Led Zeppelin albums, right? Which is a pure and noble cause, I suppose. But, um, you could have that debate. Are you trying to rank the best Led Zeppelin albums or are like worst to first, you know, these are the best objectively speaking, or are you trying to rank your favorites, right? So favorite gives you a little bit of an open door to say, you know, I'm going to leave out the stuff I'm sick of or whatever, right? And Zeppelin is a band that, that invariably should get this debate because, you know, their, their stuff is, is they're just one of the biggest bands of all time. Their stuff's on radio all the time. So, um, so what I wanted to do here is uh, is kind of look at it at a new way to rank the Zeppelin stuff, which is always in the back of my mind when it whenever I have to go on and talk Zeppelin. Um, but uh, so it's the idea that um, these records should be ranked in context against their competition and roughly in context within the year that they came out the year, the 18 months, whatever, the era that they came out. Um, I think that's a really cool way of looking at this because it it brings to the surface these things that that are just naturally coming into your rankings anyways uh, with these records. And you don't know why, or you've never kind of articulated why, or at least certainly I haven't too often, right? Um, so that's what we're going to do here. So, so we're going to, you know, this is five examples, although there are eight albums, I'm still going to talk about every one because they, they kind of slot in here and there. And what I want to do is, is do this in reverse negativity order to get the negativity out of the way, because Zeppelin fans do not like negativity, although they give off a lot of negativity as well. Right. Um, we're just very, you know, we're, we're very vocal about, uh, about what we think. And I, I know, I, I, I know I can get in arguments too, uh, about this stuff, but um okay so um let's uh, let's get into it with our first selection here um take a listen to this this is led zeppelin of course with royal orleans from presence and if you take your feet be careful how you choose it sometimes it's hard to feel it All right, so I ranked Presence last in terms of this idea of ranking these records. Now, obviously, like I say, in our Contrarians show, Marco and I came to the conclusion that it was the worst Led Zeppelin album, and we did this episode on it and got a lot of abuse for it. But the point is, is um, we, we were thinking that, although, again, I don't know how much we articulated it, but it, it is probably the one you would work, you, you would rank last 
in terms of how did it stand up to what was coming up all around it? Were they were they starting to be were there starting to be bands that were better than Led Zeppelin in many many ways? Uh, some some pronounced in some ways, some others. So so to put it in perspective, uh, you listen to that record and the and the sort of mid rangey noisy production of it and the kind of waywardness and and the shortness of it and stuff, and compare it to the likes of. Um, we've got Rainbow Rising in 1976, right? Um, we've got, you know, an even better example, the one I always bring up is we've got Aerosmith Rocks and Aerosmith Toys in the Attic. I mean, you listen to those first 30 seconds of Sick as a Dog and there there's more professionalism on the first 30 seconds of a song on that Aerosmith record, a so- an album with nine songs um, that that uh, is just better than anything on presence, I think. Um, and you also get a lot of variety and a lot of complication. I mean, you know, this record, Presence, always, oh, Achilles' Last Stand, what a great metal song. Stuff. Well, look, listen to Nobody's Fault. Which one is more cerebral? I mean, one of them is 10 minutes long and the other one is half that long and it's more cerebral, I think. Uh, Lick, is a prom- Lick and a Promise, amazing, amazing song. Um combination rats in the cellar i mean there, there's so much material on that record alone that the, it's a little bit like the baby band is is excelling um you know is is beating the masters um you've got you've got sad wings of destiny in 1976 here's another baby band even more baby they got two records out um you know which is the better record sad wings of destiny or uh or presence and and presence is their sixth album so you you can kind of get mad at them for not being better by this point, right? That's that's the annoying thing. That's why that's why this record gets rated last. It's like you're supposed to be getting better and better and better. You're you're supposed to be in your, you know, at by your sixth album, you you should be you should be just conquering the world with your music. I mean, they're still conquering the world with who they are, but not really with their music. So the point is, um, a lot of people do look at this record and say it's a little tired, but but I'll go a little further and say they're they're starting to sound a little obsolete at this point. Um, so there you go. I'm going to rank this record uh, absolutely last um, in this idea of ranking the Led Zeppelin albums a a new way, a fresh way, based on how good are they in context. And the other record I want to mention at this time in this in this ranking area is another one that got a little bit of stick at the time for not being that great and not being that well received. And they were already having this debate in 1973. And that's Houses of the Holy. People were saying, you know what, they're, they're just really kind of treading water. You know, this band's better, this band's better. Zeppelin, I don't know, man, is this really that good? You know, you, you want to talk, you want to go back and talk. Absolute baby band. Montrose, Montrose came out in 1973. You put that thing uh, up against uh, Houses of the Holy, and Houses of the Holy sounds like a demo. Um, so this this is kind of the idea of uh, of this of this showing wh- where these things fit in in um, in context. You've got Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. If you want to pick a non heavy band to compare these bands to, like I don't know who else you would want to compare Led Zeppelin to, um, but I think most of the comparisons they would they would they would not come out very well um, against some of some of these big bands right now for these for these ones that I'm ranking last in context. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's listen to our second selection. This is Led Zeppelin again with Misty Mountain Hop. Let's 
All right, so we're going in reverse order of negativity. Now, this one, four, is a very funny one because it's got positives and it's got negatives in terms of ranking it in context with its time. The negatives are that it's not the greatest sounding album even for 1971. It's also sounds a little bit dated in the various things they're doing here. We've got we've got folk from the British folk uh, boom. Stairway to Heaven is, I think it's a pretty kind of overrated uh, song. I, I don't think each of the parts are all that interesting in it. Um, the lyrics are pretty cool. Um, You've got some kind of innovative production things on it, but they but they get blown out of proportion. Like many bands have done innovative production things by this point. Um, so when the levee breaks or whatever, or the you know the organ work of John Paul Jones, um, it gets a little bit too much attention, right? Um, but um, okay, and and rock and roll is is like it's got a little bit of a, a you know a switch back to old rock and roll, so it's not exactly something crazy brand new. Black Dog's cool. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a semi-modern metal riff and all that. Um, so I, I'd say, I'd say on the face of it compared to some of the competition, because at this point we're competing with, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, two to three records in, we're competing with, uh, Uriah Heap, two to three records in, we're competing with, um, Deep Purple, forget the old psych stuff, um, but we're, we're competing with Deep Purple within Rock and Fireball at this point. No Machine Head yet. But, um, you know, Led Zeppelin sounded a little a little dodgy still, All, like already by this point with this quote-unquote greatest album ever made. You know, I mean, it's really way up there in terms of the sales, right? But on the positive side, um, you could say that it is... 1971 and they've got four albums out so they're so they're kind of they're kind of beating some of these bands in terms of um you know getting a lot of work in early and then also the idea that it's just a really good album i mean it's it's a good variety of music and a lot of kind of uh, different things that they're doing on the album and that's that's probably the main thing that people do give zeppelin a lot of credit for and they should get a lot of credit for is this idea of um coming up with little little innovative mini worlds um per song and then and then putting those all, all on an album and it sounds pretty pretty adventuresome in total but each song on its own doesn't sound particularly you know super modern well they, they never sound super modern that's the thing with that well that's i'm gonna take that back because at one point they do and that's later in our discussion but um so so yeah so the positives here Four albums out by 1971, pretty pretty impressive. Um, they're they're doing amazing. They're great songs. Everybody loves them. Negative, it actually sounds a little uh, kind of um, already a tiny 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 bit behind the times versus some of uh, the competition, quote unquote. I mean, again, if you want to put in non-heavy bands, do you want to put in all the prog bands that got two or three records out at this time? Um, most of them sounding better than this record. Anyways, there you go. Um, It'll get more positive, believe me. Um, trust me. Um, all right, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is uh, episode 83, New Way to Rank Zep. And that new way is in context of the times. Take a listen to this. Uh, this is something called Southbound Suarez uh, from In Through the Outdoor, 1978. Yeah.
All right, so I picked this one because uh, this is the one Led Zeppelin record I don't think you can even um, place in the context of its time. So I put it in a neutral position, more or less. I put it uh, here in the middle. Actually, yeah, not more or less, exactly in the middle. Five has a middle. It's number three. Um, so what I like about this record, uh, what I've always liked about this record is I just like this record. I, I love this song. I love this sort of uh, buoyant, bubbly, keyboardy direction. I love Carousel Ambra. That's one of my favorite Zeppelin songs of all time. And most of the rest of it, I just I just do like the feel of it. Um, the the I like the production. It's got kind of a good meaty bottom end. It's it's still an old school production, um, but there's just something a little more high fidelity about it uh, that you literally have not gotten on any Led Zeppelin album to date until this 1978 album. But one thing that I find interesting about this record is um, you don't really have any cause or see fit to compare it to anything of its day. Um, it's just Led Zeppelin being Led Zeppelin and you're kind of happy with it at this point. You're not complaining uh, the way you kind of can complain around the Presence era and, and other eras, maybe Houses of the Holy as we discussed. Um, but um, it's it's just... It, it's so strange and odd and and like unexpected from Zeppelin. It's not very heavy. Uh, it is keyboardy. It's a little proggy, but it's also got Hot Dog and it's also got a a fairly rote ballad in ballad in All My Love. It's got this weird laid back in the evening thing on it. It's a it's an odd record. Um, but because of that, it doesn't feel particularly. Um, it doesn't feel dated in 1978. It doesn't sound ahead of its time in 1978. It's just a record from 19, sorry, 1979. Um, it's just a record from that year um, uh, that that kind of sits in there and uh, and it just is. It's just Led Zeppelin doing something, you know, they're, they're doing that cool thing Zeppelin does, which is surprise you. Um, but like I say, it, uh, it's not something that I put in the context of any times. Uh, it... I mean, it doesn't sound any older to me than the Jimmy Page Outrider album or the Firm albums, or certainly the. it, it sounds a lot like the first Robert Plant album, Pictures at 11. Um, so, um, and then and then also, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to hear a record sounding more or less like this, which is conventional in a lot of ways, an old school of production. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel, I, I, if this record came out in 1974, it wouldn't even sound very weird. So, so it's not really in context of the time. So it, it takes this default position on our ranking the fresh way in context of the times, because it's the only one, to my mind, that doesn't have any uh, temporal context. All right. Moving on, uh, number four here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Take a listen to this. This is Houses of the Holy from Physical Graffiti. All right, so I told you the positivity would go up. I mean, this is a weird one because, again, positives and negatives. Um, I don't think this is a particularly great sounding album or all that innovative production wise. You know, Zeppelin, what, what Jimmy would do is um, 
he would he would pick his spots like he his his productions are not are not crazy Phil Spector wall of sound or anything or or Pink Floyd doodah sound effects um, but it's more like um, he will introduce innovative sounds but they will be subtle and they'll be singular it'll be it'll be like a one at a time thing like trampled underfoot with the clavinet and stuff like that right you know various different guitar tones uh, what else um, vocal effects uh, you know the acoustic into the heavy there's there's various ways that Zeppelin could be innovative um, but they but they usually keep it pretty simple. So for that reason, um, they they've got this sort of um, you know uh, this this negative or detriment that it, that it can sound kind of dated. And I don't think physical graffiti is is a great sounding or a, or a crazily produced you know forward thinking album that way uh, production wise. But I have called it, and I kind of tend to uh, you know call it all the time my favorite album of all time. I call it the aircraft carrier of albums. I I just I just picture it cruising through the waves with planes landing and taking off and you know and you know waves crashing on the side and people running around on top of it and all that. It just it just seems like this this massive mighty record and it is my favorite record of all time. So that's why I've got it here in the number 4 slot. Led Zeppelin almost through the sheer will of their creativity in the context of the times which is 1975 here. Um they just triumph over everything else. Now, I do have to say though that that I've I've often like when I've been in a belligerent mood and wanted to um, you know argue for and support Black Sabbath, I've often said that Black Sabbath it only took them one record to to make a record as great as as it took Led Zeppelin two to do. And there's there's certainly something something to that because Black Sabbath sabotage has. Um, the tubular bell thing and and the big kind of Russian sounding medieval choir thing and it's got uh, Ozzy's uh, what is uh, daughter right daughter uh, uh, you know uh, crying on it or laughing on it and sped up uh, it's got it's got megalomania this this epic song it's got that cool little Spanish guitar don't start too late that goes into um, you know symptom of the universe it's got writ this big slow song with these wallowing bubbly cauldron effects to it so there's a lot of creativity on sabotage and it's only a single album and I think it sounds better than present so um, you know, I still have a little bit of that, uh, you know, that that little uh, annoyance or anger uh, at Zeppelin when I do compare it to certain things. But it is 1975. It's still pretty early. And like I say, Led Zeppelin turns in this double album that has, to my mind, no filler whatsoever. It's an amazing record. And I think in the context of the times, they're being one of the most creative bands of all time. And so that's why I'm putting it here in, in number four. But, um, but again, if, if you, if you started getting really objective about it, you know, even, even a record like toys in the attic kind of, kind of maybe sounds better. And it's got, it's got like, you know, quite a bit of creativity to that record as well. And a lot of variety with big 10 inch record and, and sweet emotion with the, with the bass riff and the, and the super fast song toys in the attic and walk this way with that great, that, that great beat. And then, and then, you know, kind of a pioneering rap vocal. So there's a lot of cool things that Aerosmith is even doing up against this record. Um, 
but there you go. Number four, uh, Houses of the Holy, obviously a song named, you know, there's, it's a long story, but you go back to, um, you know, there, a lot of this album is, uh, is carryovers from, from an earlier era, more or less 73 through to, through to 75 plus new songs. That brings up another quick point I, I'd like to make is that a lot of people get into the debate about this record, Physical Graffiti. If you took away the leftovers and just did the new, new songs, what sort of record would that be? Kind of a neat thing. And then people also look at, um, In Through the Outdoor and say, well, what if you took those three heavier more guitar songs off of the Coda Odds and Sods album from 1982 and put them on In Through the Outdoor. Wouldn't it make a better album? And which ones would you remove if you did that? So it's funny. Um, these records, you 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 know, they, they can be a little modular and you can think about what to do with them that way as well. And, and that enters into people's rankings too. Oh yeah, that brings up another issue. And when we went on Guitar Hack, Pete and I, um, you know, he wanted to put in Coda, so that that gets people all upset. Oh, I can't believe you didn't put Coda as the as the worst one. It doesn't even count. You shouldn't do it at all. But if you do, it's got to go last, you know. So you get into that whole debate. Anyways, all right, let's move on. Our last selection here on History and Five Songs. This is Living Loving Made. Take a listen. <laughs> All right, so the least negative for last. This is why Led Zeppelin is is you know deserves all the reverence we give them. Essentially, they made a they they put out a record in early 1969 and another record in late 1969. So this was from Led Zeppelin too, that uh, basically summed up and and conquered the entire British blues boom and said this this is how you make the blues exciting for people. We had an episode on that earlier, right? Uh, but so, you know, in some respects, Led Zeppelin is inventing heavy metal, even though Black Sabbath really deserves most of that credit as you get into February 13th, 1970. Um, but Zeppelin was, uh, you know, whole lot of love, live and love and made, heartbreaker, communication breakdown, good times, bad times, dazed and confused, how many more times? So there's these examples of, uh, of a, a nascent proto invention of heavy metal that Led Zeppelin should get some credit for. But the other thing is they're making two records of, of mostly fantastic songs all in one year, 1969, or at least they're coming out in 1969. And that's cool. And they get a lot of credit for that and they should. So yeah, essentially, um, this is the point where you say Led Zeppelin were absolutely ahead of their time. They were pioneering. They were doing great things. They were doing the best things with the, the British folk boom and the best things with the British um, blues boom and inventing heavy metal and inventing the, uh, you know, the, the quintessential hard rock heavy metal lineup with the, with the quintessential golden God lead singer and the shrieking and the, and the great versatility in Robert's voice. Um, and a few cool little production things along the way, you know, a whole lot of love, um, with that psychedelic section. And, uh, and we got a drum solo on that album. Um, so, um, yeah, this is where you say, okay, well, well, Deep Purple hasn't even really arrived yet properly within rock. Sabbath hasn't arrived yet, and Zeppelin's already got two albums up. That's why Zeppelin is super, super important. So in the context of the times, in this episode 83, new way to rank Zepp, 
this is uh, those first two records are the ones where um they really get a lot of credit. I realize now I haven't mentioned Led Zeppelin three. Where do you think we would rank Led Zeppelin three in this? I think Zepp three, you would have to put a little bit in that houses of the Holy and presence camp. Um, I love it. It's my second favorite Led Zeppelin album, but, um, is it particularly forward thinking or, or new or strange or, um, you know, novel for 1970? I don't think it really is. Um, it's got a lot of folky stuff. I don't think the production is is all that crazy great. It's got my favorite couple of Zeppelin songs on it or two of my top five or six in Celebration Day and Friends. Out on the Tiles is amazing. Immigrant Song is pretty cool too. But really for 1970, is this is this super innovative and, you know, Jimi Hendrix innovative, you know, let's not uh, that's a whole nother episode um but um no i don't think so so i think it fits a little bit in that so uh so there you go that's our that's our new way to rank zeppelin so uh so let's let's actually rank zeppelin here so bottom worst to first uh in context of the times let's go with presence houses of the holy three four um let's put in through the outdoor in the middle as a default Let's put physical graffiti second to best. And let's put Led Zeppelin two best, which is actually, I think when I went on hack, I had Zeppelin one and two as my worst. So there you go. When you rank them this way, uh, in terms of how were they doing at the time, um, that's, that's your ranking. All right. Uh, if you liked this show um, and you want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymes with Kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. They have the standard kind of $3 thing. I think, yeah, you know, obviously some of you guys have been great. You've been, you've been doing a lot more than that, which is, which is nice. But, uh, but yeah, there's the standard $3 thing that they equate to buying a coffee. Uh, on that front, I want to thank Blaze Barshaw, Black Sugar Transmission, Bruce Campbell, Andrew Clark, Tim Derling, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Michael Gendelman, Kevin Latham, Latham, sorry, uh, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, and CJ Socia. Um, and you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. I just uh, turned in um, the files to Eduardo for my new um, sweet book. So we're going to be doing a sweet book. Uh, Angel, you know, I ran out of that, but I get more um, in about a week. Um, so I'll have that. I still have lots of the Thin Lizzy um, visual biography. I got a couple of the Van Halen, not too many left of those, but I may be able to get more. Uh, I've been proofing the new Uri Heap visual biography. And uh, yeah, so more stuff uh, coming down the pike. Uh, there you go. Hope you uh, hope you like this. Hope you aren't completely up in arms about this crazy Led Zeppelin ranking. Um, but uh, yeah, you can go to our Facebook page and tell 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 me what you think. Um, let me know if there's other ways to rank the Led Zeppelin albums uh, that we haven't haven't thought of, or let me know uh, just what your ranking is. Thanks again. Talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 